This episode is brought to you by Cast Party. Cast Party is a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Cast Party follows a group of young actors and crew members in L.A. While on set filming Hollywood's next big fantasy film, they accidentally speak a true spell during the final scene. This spell teleports them to the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Thus begins their quest to find their way back to the real world. You can find Cast Party, the actual play D&D podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Game Master Craig here. Uh, you may know me from TikTok. I'm, I'm uh, big on posting D&D content on TikTok. Really happy to be here with the Crit Academy guys today. I'm your co-host, Ian, for Crit Academy. And I'm your co-host, Austin, also from Crit Academy. If you don't recognize us, we- you've been dead for a while. I don't know. <laughs> We hope to inspire you with our creative content, that, with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Um, we want to thank you for joining us today here at Creative Community Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like an epic role play without inspiration. Admittedly, oh, it doesn't man. come up too often in a lot of games. So let's fix that. I'm really excited for our show today. We are going to talk about one of my favorite mechanics that I feel like could use a little bump. Uh, The inspiration. We're going to give you 10 alternative ways to utilize inspiration. Um, And of course, we are joined by um, Game Master Craig. I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, You talked a little bit about yourself. Um, I got a few questions for you before we, we really get into it. If you'd be willing to tell us a little bit more about yourself, and specifically, I'd love to hear about your most memorable role playing experience. No. (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> well we tried guys that'll, that'll get us to the end of the show a lot quicker play me out johnny <laughs> no so uh, again thank you so much for for having me on your show guys it's really great to, to be here uh i am a fan i love all the stuff you guys are, are putting out as well uh so I, I guess a little bit about me i've i've been a dm for going on about eight years now i i was thrust into it when I was when I was young. Uh, it's been a family thing here, so it's been really good to be able to experience this game with cool. uh, uh, my brother and, and uncles and uh, cousins and stuff. It's been really fun to do that. And of course, to bring it to other people. You know, to be uh, uh, somebody to educate others, just like you guys do uh, in, in playing this game and role-playing and, and creativity. That's the way I, I see D&D as a creativity generator. That's what I, what I tend to call it because that's what it is. Um, and so, yeah, I guess my number one inspiration moment is, and I've got a few, but I think one of the best ones I've got is a moment where, and, and I don't even know if it's D&D, but it's the same element of we had a little guy, That's whether okay. it's a gnome or in Star Wars, an Ewok, who had a moment where they, nice. were, they used inspiration to, to re-roll. And was able to lift a bolted to the floor steel bench, tear it off the floor, and smash a droid with it. <laughs> and that was awesome. It was nice. Completely out of yeah. this world. But it was because of inspiration that it happened. Inspire er, heroics uh, uh, inspired to be heroic in that moment. It was great. 
I nice. love that. It's just like, so, um, I want to pull this bench up and beat him with it. Uh, it's bolted to the floor. Give me a roll. Oh, I'm going to use my inspiration. Oh, damn. Um, the bolts are rusted. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, that's so awesome. We, one thing that I love about role-playing games is the memories that we create and things that we never forget. And that's one of the things that I feel like makes playing RPGs so much fun. Um, For sure. kind of reminds me of when I read a book and you get that really good scene in your mind and you never forget it. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, so you mentioned, uh, you're on TikTok. That's where I found you. I absolutely love your, your TikTok content, um, from your character ideas, from your, just your, even your little videos about horrible movies. <laughs> Like I've been cracking up watching those things. So what kind of got you into the, the, the content creation of D and D? That's a really great question. You know, for, for the longest time and, and like we, we discussed very briefly uh, off camera was, you know, I'm in the marketing world. That's what I do by day. I'm a marketer uh, uh, working with small businesses. Right. And the thing is, is getting small businesses out there is very difficult. You have to focus on a niche and you have to be interested in that thing. And I've always thought to myself, well, I should be doing this myself. You know, I could do it for other people, but I should be able to do it for me. But I don't really want to talk about I don't want to talk about Star Wars. You know, I know every I know everything about it, but I don't want to talk about it. I you know, I know all these different things and I realized, wait a second, Dungeons and Dragons is probably my favorite one to talk about. Cause I know a lot yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's got, I think one of the healthiest communities on TikTok. you know, yeah. I, I, you come across, you, you don't find a lot of negativity and when you do, they snuff it out really quick because everybody else is, is super friendly too. And I like that. You don't get that with things like star Wars yeah. at all, Yeah, you know, and it's, sure. it's, it's comforting to it's comforting to see that in that everybody's supporting each other. They're mm-hmm. supporting being creative and, you know, finding new ways to, to think about these ideas and tell stories. Right. And that's my thing is I'm all about the stories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, boss. Um, well, I want to thank you for sharing a bit, sharing a bit of your journey with us. Um, where exactly would you, where can people find you? Um, yeah. So you could find me on, uh, TikTok, Game Master Craig on TikTok. I, I'm coming back. I've I've taken a very small hiatus. I haven't been on for the last like week or so, a little more, uh, because of what I'm working on, which is called Nightsport.com, where you will be able to find me all the time. You're also going to be able to find a lot of other content creators too. Uh, hopefully, Crit Academy joins me <laughs> on there at some point. Uh, where we're bringing that idea of community uh, and positivity off platforms that are i want to say controlling or uh, uh, uh skew a narrative uh-huh. uh you know things like that where it's very hard to get your message out there yeah. for i think and i think a lot of growing creators especially especially in the cosplay uh, uh nerd space dungeons and dragons it's very hard to get started yeah mm-hmm. you know i had an edge i have uh, an acting background, a filmmaking background, and a marketing background. I know how to get people to listen to me, <laughs> you know? But I think a lot of other people who have some great ideas, uh, they need a place to get their uh, to get their message out there. You know, whether it's a new YouTube channel or, you know, you're trying to get into Instagram, having a place to do that to create a community is, is essential nowadays, especially that everything's online. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, let us know what we can help because that sounds like you, you've got a good thing going on and we'll do whatever we can to help promote it, so... I appreciate that so much. Um, all right. Now, just like every 
episode, we before we get into the main topic, we always like to give start off by giving away fat loots. Austin, would you like to tell us about the awesome thing we're giving away today? Absolutely. So we have an RPG fat loot giveaway, which is the Adamantine City of Terrandir by CZRPG. Now... Tarondir is a high fantasy, inclusive, and diverse city that you can plug and play just about anywhere, uh, containing guidelines for Forgotten Realms and also Eberron. Uh, the module comes with a full setting containing over 30 locations, 38 NPC descriptions, 80 plot hooks, and 35 unique maps, along with a fourth level urban adventure to get you started. It's a lot in one package. <laughs> I really liked reading through this. Um, they did a wonderful job. So thank you for uh, um, allowing us to give away this product. It's yeah. really a lot of stuff. The NPCs are awesome. <laughs> Who's our winner? Our winner today is a photo at Rick Cameron. <laughs> but if you didn't win... <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Head over to CritAcademy.com and subscribe for your chance to win. It's free. It's easy. Just, just go do it. <laughs> yep. Uh, awesome. Uh, if you'd like to follow along with us as we're covering uh, today's episode, you can head on over to CritAcademy.com slash post slash episode 211. Uh, there you'll find the entire notes that we are going through today. Um, so hopefully you will uh, uh, kind of poke around there and um, see if you find some stuff you can like. Our honor tips and tricks, we always give you stuff you can take to your table tonight. So... That being said, let's move on to our main topic. Ten. Wait. Ten alternative <laughs> ways to use inspiration. That's two hands. So first of all, we should probably start off by what is inspiration. Inspiration is a rule in the fifth edition D&D rule set that a game master can use as a reward for a player role-playing their character that's true to their personality, traits, ideals, bonds, um, flaws. Um, which I thought was really cool when I first read about it, you know, years ago when I first, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I had to make up my own hero points before. Um, now it's actually part of the game. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So, uh, using inspiration, the character can, um, draw on their character or the player can draw on their character's personality traits and all that stuff. The things that are, uh, make them fill them with compassion. And when the DM sees that you have a tool mechanically built into the game to reward that, which I think is just awesome. Now, I feel like as cool as that is, it falls a little short in the feeling like a reward because it's so easy to get like advantage now with all the different mechanics that allow for it. So it doesn't feel as strong as I feel like it did when I first started. That could just be me. Um, so we kind of wanted to discuss some alternative ways to make that inspiration point be utilized in other ways. Now, what's cool about this is you can either take all of these or none of these or even add them to the already existing mechanic and say, hey, just so you guys know, these are the things you can use your inspiration on. So let's get started by I think is one of my favorite ones. And I, I got to be honest, I can't take credit for this. I totally saw this on TikTok and I could not find the person's name. So if you know the person, please let me know. It is called Initiative Break. You can exp uh, expend an inspiration point to move your order in initiative so long as you have not already taken a turn this round. Game Master Craig, what do you think about that? See, it's fun stuff like that you find on TikTok that you wouldn't think of outside. You know, right. it's gotta it's gotta come from someone else. Yeah. And I think that that's so much fun to have that. And that's the kind of thing that's gonna drive your dungeon master nuts. Because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're not prepared for it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? I do. I love it. 
Uh, I love it. So what do you, what do you, Ian, uh, Austin, what do you guys kind of think about this? Do you think it's on point? Would you get, would you change anything? I'm on favor of it just because this actually used to be a rule in previous editions where you could choose to delay slash move your turn down. It just, I forget who, which one said it though, but one of the designers said, yeah, we stepped away from that because we didn't want M- NPCs, enemies, and players like jumping around the turn, shuffling stuff around. So I'm like, okay, but I don't really feel like that's really a thing though, 99 out of 100 times. But I just think yeah, this is going to what- bring it back into the game. And honestly, that's what I thought of is the whole action, which usually only lets you move one way. But if you're like at the very bottom and you, because you had a really terrible roll, that would be a great way. Like, I'm using my inspiration. I'm going to go to the top or somewhere right. in the middle just behind the tank because I'm the cleric. And as soon as he charges, I don't want to heal him. Austin, what do you think? That's kind of what I was thinking with that. Is like, because I love being in the fray nonstop. I, as we've all known in, in our superhero campaign, uh, I chose to swing first. In every expense. Uh, so this allows me always to swing first, so long as I have inspiration. So to me, this is a, a fun mechanic for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> would Would any of you guys change this in any way? I don't think so. No. I think it's fine as is, at least personally. Yeah. I like this one. I think it's great. And like I said, it's going to keep the DM on his toes, on their toes. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Craig, would you like to tell us about our next one? I really like this one. Number two is recharge. You can expend an inspiration point to regain an expended resource or feature that can be used as if you took a short rest. That's a big one. And I wish more people would use it more often. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people, they, they, it's like, I know, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I play video games and they give you like a special form, mm-hmm. most notably Kingdom Hearts 2, yep. they gave you a drive form. Yeah. I never used it because I was like, I'm going to save that for when I really need it. Mm-hmm. Right? Little did I little did I know, it changes the game if you use yeah, it. <laughs> it really does. It changes the whole game. <laughs> so, uh, same instance here. If, you know, you use your resources because you could do something like this to get them back. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it'd be cool to do that. Exactly, yeah, I, exactly how I, I feel agree. about the fighter actions. They're just like, oh, but I, I need to save it in case I got to fight this this really bad, <laughs> big, bad, evil guy. But you get on a short rest. I never seem to have short rests. <laughs> <laughs> that right? might be on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think, Ian? I do think that getting any short rest features back is always nice, especially since... um. Here's something I can't quite imagine. I do not know where I read this, but apparently 5th edition, they designed a lot of features in mind where they basically expected players to get five short rests per day. Something. And I can't think of a single game where that's ever happened. Or in real life. Or in real life. Right. (laughs) Which is actually one of the reasons why (laughs) warlocks have so little spells, which I think think yeah. is horrible but you know uh one thing that it hadn't occurred to me and i don't know who's it was certainly on a tiktok but one of the things that never occurred to me is the the warlocks cast at higher spells that's why they get their stuff uh, they're always at the max level for whatever mm-hmm. level they're at right and i never actually did the number crunching but when you compare it when a wizard gets one ninth level or one or one ninth level shit one ninth level, but only like a handful of uh, fifth level, and I think that's the max level for the 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 warlock's yep. normal spell use. 
Yeah. They get way many more uses of, of fifth level spells than the wizard. Like, if and, you did the traditional, you know, four short rests, they would get like 20 fifth level spells in a day. Like, it's quite I a never bit. had considered that. So, sorry, kind of derailed there a little bit. They can only cast two spells per short rest until level 11 when they finally gain their third one, which, as you remember, was an issue during our campaign when I played the Warlock for a while. Yeah. But anyway, we got yeah, way off topic the there. Don't give short rests. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Anyways, I think this is really cool because it applies to a bunch of different features and it really encourages somebody to use it normally, knowing if I've got that inspiration, that if I do really need that action surge, I can spend it and instantly get it back. Or for a warlock, I think I can feel a warlock taking something like this for the exact reason you just pointed out, that maybe yeah. the DM is like me and doesn't give a lots of rests. Um, and that is... Uh, a, a really good tool. So if you had a, the list of these options, that one would be one as a warlock I can see myself taking, or as a fighter with my action search taking regularly. Wait, is action search short rest or long rest? Short rest, short right? Short rest. Okay. Yeah. So Fighters are, ah, all of my friends are out of spell slots. It's a good thing these guns don't run out of spell slots. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is, our, what is our next one here? Our next one we have is shielding. You can expend an inspiration point to roll a number of available hit dies up to your proficiency bonus. And you can add your combat fight to the roll, and those hit points come as temporary hit points, which lasts for an hour. And I do think the temporary part does help balance this out, too. I think this is pretty interesting. Um, I would love to hear uh, Craig's response before I give my own two cents. So whenever I'm a player, most of the time I'm playing somebody who's probably a paladin, uh, probably either a human or custom lineage, and they're designed to be a tank because I find it more interesting to play tactician strategy mm -hmm. than anything else. That's just my style. To so to add another feature that allows you to shield maybe even better than, than other mechanics, that's really nice. And I'm sitting here looking at it thinking, why haven't I done that yet? <laughs> <laughs> There is there is some <laughs> risk that comes with it though. Austin, what do you oh, think? Oh yeah. I mean the fact that it's temporary and only lasts an hour, which really should mean that it's only gonna be there for that one encounter. And mm -hmm. it's so if it's not like you taking a short rest or you're just gaining like expending these hit die to like gain back your HP. So I mean right. I, I could definitely see it's like it's almost like you're you're like, alright, I'm really just beefing myself up for this fight now. I'm hopefully I'll get a long rest afterwards. <laughs> but I mean, if you're like, you know, like the frontline tank guy, you're the paladin that's in the front, you're holding the line. Well, this is really gonna, it's gonna help you out a lot, I feel like. So, I mean, I definitely see this not being super broken because of the whole balancing of, yeah, it only lasts an hour. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is a hit die is a very valuable resource because that's how you restore regular hit points. Mm -hmm. In addition, when you take a long rest, you only get half of them back. Yes. So even if you do want to use this, you have to you you're forced to use it sparingly because you may not be able to Oh, it's we get a long rest. I'm full HP, but I've only got one hit die now. <laughs> And I'm level five, you know, so there is there is some risks that come with it. But going into like a boss battle and wanting to hype up your character or say you're preparing or whatever, um, being able to add the extra hit die, which still could roll a one, by the yeah, way. I mean, it's not perfect. <laughs> so um, it definitely uh, is. A v I like this mechanic just because it was uh, it reminded me of the uh, 
in fourth edition, you could do the, the I think it was second wind, um, which is like the fighter mechanic now yeah. Yeah. where yeah. you could, you could kind of get a little bit of bonus in the middle of combat. Well, you can't normally do that in 5e without some sort of spell or I can't think of a unique feature. That's not really spell related, no, but I can't uh, well, the the second wind. Never mind, I'm an idiot. That literally is well, what that does. <laughs> aside from maybe that, but that doesn't even use like a hit die. It doesn't use a. a it's your it's your level it's plus a uh, d10, feature. right? Yeah, yeah. It's just a feature. And so, it, you just don't even um, expend any other resources aside from that, which you get back on a short rest. Fighters are great. <laughs> uh, is there anything you guys would change about this? Do you think it's too powerful? I think uh, Ian said he thought it was no. kind of balanced well. I mean. The only situation where I could see this being quite a headache for the DM is like, ah, yes, I, I'm the the tank who has full HP walking up to the boss, and I have my inspiration. Well, these are temporary hit points, so I'm just gonna dump all my hit die straight for a shield. Now I'm an extra thick tank. <laughs> but, yeah, but once again, the next day he's gonna feel you're it. Only gonna, yeah, right. <laughs> Buff now, suffer I, later. Yeah, I think with 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 a proper team, see a lot of teams that especially I see now are not balanced. You know, you got you'll have a bard, a rogue, and then like two casters all on the same team. But if you had like a healer here, you probably wouldn't want or need this. Yeah. I could see I could see opting for something like an initiative break or mm-hmm. a swift action mm-hmm. over this to put me in a, a in a better place, whether to pull me back or to move me in to to defend somebody else. Right. You know, I would I would rather opt for one of those. Mm-hmm. But also I. I play like, yeah, if I die, I die. (laughs) (laughs) You and Austin will get along really well. (laughs) Yeah, somehow I haven't died yet. I'm still working through the cogwheel on that one. I'm like, man, I I made a lot of really good calculated risks today. (laughs) I still to this day am amazed we've only had one player who's had characters die in our games. Yeah, and I feel bad because I think he thinks I'm targeting him because of that. And the only time I ever targeted him was when we all did a Battle Royale (laughs) PvP. And I thought it would be hilarious if he died the exact same way his character died previously. So I disintegrated him. (laughs) But that was sheer just me being a douche and not as like a dungeon master. Right. Uh, Austin, would you like to tell us about number uh, four here? Absolutely. Uh, next one here is Surging Strike. Uh, you can expend an inspiration point on your turn, and you can take one attack action or cast a cantrip with the cast uh, Act- a spell action. <laughs> it was the cast as an action on top of your regular action and possible bonus action. Now, I felt like I had to actually put cast a spell action in there because I wanted it to not funnel like the, the action surge does, which is only for attacks. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be open to... Other classes, so I had looked at the no. I'm sure it's not just attacks. Um, quicken. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, I think I think you're thinking haste in that regard, which does specify attack. Action surge is in the action. Oh yeah, action surge is just an action in general. Yeah, you're right. I guess I could have kept it that way. Anyways, <laughs> Craig, what do you think? <laughs> I think it, it, this is one of those ones where, again, people. It'd be nice to see if people can use it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, use this more often. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but in in my games, inspiration is typically just the swift action. Is okay. is what, and it comes down to doing things like this where people know about it. If more people knew that that was an option, I think they'd take it. Think yeah, so? yeah, I think so as well. Because of more focus on damage. Yeah. On one hand, I can see some people looking at this and complaining, <laughs> but you're, you're still on the fire's toes when you have this kind of ability. Okay, but the fair can also use this. 
and in theory, they can exercise twice in one round with this, so take it as you will. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of like the fighter's thing, is just to punch him in the face a bunch of times. Well, yep. slash them in the face a bunch of times. Oh, because it's, it's interesting, because, you know, casting a, a cantrip doesn't necessarily mean damage. Right. And I wouldn't even waste it like that. I would try to use it as a as a distraction or an escape or think more, you know, because if it's a cantrip for damage, you're only going to do what? A, a D6 or a D8, maybe a little bit more, you know, with some other bonuses. Go for a distraction, you know, mm-hmm. or go for a, a, a cover or dancing lights or light or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Thunder, uh, I think, is Thunder Wave a cantrip? I think, I think it's a cantrip. First first level spell. I think that's first level. No, there's no, there's one of them. Oh, Thunder, like, uh, uh, I know thund- it's Thunderclap. Thunderclap. Thunderclap, that's it, Thunderclap. Um, you go for something like that that's going to disorient the, mm-hmm. the enemies. That's I'd actually really, like that. that's really good. I like that. Um, and that's also a great way for, uh, you mentioned healing. If somebody is down, you can spend an inspiration to get them back up without having to waste your action, which I think is what drives away most people from wanting to heal. Is they feel like they they some people I'm not saying everyone's like this uh, feel like they're they're losing out because they're forced to help somebody. Um, I do think that I should have kept this the way it was before though. I originally had it as action surge basically, which it just said you can take an action. Um, but then I decided I wanted it to be a little more offensive. But I'm th- the more I think about it now, I think that it could be better as just a, a, a re- you can use an inspiration for action surge. And what's cool about inspiration is the DM cho- chooses how much. They 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 dole out right. They mm-hmm. don't. It's not something the players just get. So yeah, it makes it, it it makes that resource that much more um, important to to manage. I think. Uh, I'm trying to think, because I had I had considered the because I thought I thought, thought it, we needed something more offensive. So that's why I had changed it. But now I think the player is smart enough to be able to make that decision on their own. So if it was changed to just represent action surge. I think that would probably be better. What do you guys think? Easy edit. That's true. <laughs> like five words. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the next one is Arcane Recovery. I wonder where I got that from. You can expend an inspiration point on your turn to regain some of your magical energy. You can choose to expended spell slots to recover. The spell slots can have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your proficiency bonus rounded up. I really like this one. I think expended resources for spell slots, especially for the warlock or healers, is is a a good use of this. Um, what do you think, Craig? Oh, this just goes right back into it. You know, using using everything you've got at your disposal and not being conservative about it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and when you have something like that, you're gonna. All right, fine. I'm doing it now. You know. Yeah, I'll cast the level two spell because. I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> so if we get if we get ganked on the way out, you know, we've got I've got this as a backup plan. As a backup, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's nice to have. Yeah, I, I really thought that was cool. Uh, Austin, I mean, as a guy who likes to play paladin with another fellow paladin over here, uh, this would be amazing. <laughs> I can just <laughs> smite more. <laughs> Is that smite? I get to do more smite, level two smite or level one smite or whatever. So I just get smite. to. Like, I could decide I'm gonna hurt this thing more right now, and then I can still, if I'm playing like vengeance or something, I can misty step away if I need to. 
And and so you you bring up a really valid point, and part of the reason why I like this is if you know these are the sorts of rewards you're going to get for role playing your character, do you feel like the players would be more inclined who don't normally take that approach more inclined to knowing that they might be able to get one of these potential rewards just for playing the character like there should be they like they should I don't want to say should <laughs> well, I don't want to say they should be because you know everyone plays differently but you you've given your character the flaws the the ideals and the bonds and some people just don't do anything with them if I knew that I could get an action surge or an arcane recovery um, in my back pocket would I work a little harder to to role play out those features. I mean, probably, right? Because, I mean, it, when there's a tangi- a much more tangible reward, I feel like that does inspire <laughs> players to actually want to uh, play the characters that, I mean, they made them. So, I, I don't know. I, I've yeah. always been kind of like, I have these like set of ideals and rules, and sometimes they, they make my heart hurt because sometimes I play a really awful character where I'm like, man, I gotta be a dick to this thing. I don't want to be a dick to this thing, but I have to be a dick to this thing. <laughs> when we went into Avernus, you really could not have picked a more douchebaggy character. <laughs> I really didn't want to hurt Lulu in my in my little heart, but I was like, man, I know that. It's like, the minute you said, I need the blood of a Celestial, I'm like, well, I'm a Celestial. I'm not, I don't want to give myself up, but Lulu, on the other hand... <laughs> Asshole. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> well, this is going to keep people on track. Yeah, yeah. It's going to keep people on track. I think a lot of a lot of instances, especially that I've seen, is you know people think, hey, we can be crazy or we could be off the rails or you know, and this is going to snap them back into, all right, we should just follow the rules and maybe keep up with what the DM's saying. Don't throw the thing off the rails. You know, it's all about, as a dungeon master, it's all about coming up with ways to keep people on track without railroading. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's, it's all about that. And I, I don't, I don't even like the term railroad. I think that's, a, that's a dirty word. You know, I, I put, put the, uh, the ability out there to make your decisions, but the thing still has to end from a point A to point B, you know, it's just about how we get there is going to impact the the uh, magnitude of point B. Right. This is going right. to make sure you get there uh, in a good way, in a controlled Hopefully. way. <laughs> Hopefully. 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 <laughs> We've all had players where they're like, ah, uh, all right. Yeah, you're rewarding people for this is what my character would do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Essentially. Which, which I think is a phrase that's just become a dirty word, even though I don't really think it is, at least not to the extent a lot of people make it out to be. <laughs> I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm with you there. Like, shoot, that, in the summer vein, I've one of the few episodes I actually wrote was metagaming. Like, guys, metagaming is not the dirty word that a lot of people make it out to be, <laughs> and here's why. Yeah, that was that was a very eye-opening experience for me because I've always been under the mind that metagaming is supposed to be bad. But I'm also in the I don't give a damn crowd. So <laughs> if you feel you feel the need to go open the monster manual, fine, you do it. But anybody that knows my monsters always are variants. So sure, you're going to know what it's about capable of. But when, you know, the cat turns and roars at you with the Sphinx's power, you're going to be like, well, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. I don't remember that. Uh, Craig, would you like to take the next one? Okay, Uh, swift action. You can expend an inspiration point on your turn to take the dash, dodge, disengage, or use object action for free. What do you think about that? 
it's the most common form of inspiration. You know, this is the one that everybody kind of has already memorized, you know, something like that is to be able to move. So I, you know, it's an essential one. It's, it's one of the essential ones here. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I didn't know that, like I found when I was searching, uh, the internet for the different uses, this one came up a lot and I was just like, shame on me for never thinking about that sooner. (laughs) (laughs) You know, cause it makes sense. Um, all those are utility abilities. So sometimes you just get in a situation when you're like, damn, I wish I could disengage from this. But if I disengage, it takes my action, which means I don't get to heal. I don't get to attack. I don't get mm. to do this. I don't get to do that. And some people are willing to take the HP loss instead of doing a tactical retreat. Saving up an inspiration lets them kind of do that now without the 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 um, forced staying, I guess. I don't know what better to – the forced uh, um, – confrontation so now this is kind of a hindsight thing more than anything else i think this is actually fine on its, on its own because i like taking the dodge action but once again i usually feel like i can use my action for something else that may benefit people more but let's be real here giving all your enemies disadvantage to attack you is nice same yep, with disengaging a few times but i do also think we could have once again in hindsight i can see why we would keep them separate though for some games but i think we, we could co- combine this with the surging strike one just and have it act mm-hmm. like the action surge. But, once again, I can see yeah. why we want to keep it separate to some degree, though. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, because this one doesn't really give you an attack or anything. It's just yeah. the utility stuff. Yeah. It's all utilities. Uh, awesome. So, for me, the the first thing I thought of, because sometimes I like to play rogues. They're fun, too. Uh, is, I can now quadra move. <laughs> I can move four times. Little speedster. I could sprint so far. And that makes my little heart happy. Uh, I'm not sure what use I could get out of that. I'm sure there's a few things, but like, I'd be like, uh, let's see, if I'm 30 feet, so what, 120 feet in six seconds? That's a lot. That is very fast. I, I used to I used to play a monk uh, named Daffy, and he you know, his big stick and everything. And all he, I took the, I took the mobile feet, and all he would do is go and hit stuff, and then run into another room so nobody could target him. With something like this, I would totally do that. Like run, hit him in the face, and then run into another room. Like I felt like such a coward, but I was like, he is a coward. That was kind of the that was kind the, of the, the, the yeah, suffering yeah. suffering succotash. I remember that character. I took a blow to the face. I'm laughing because um, your overall, character's really like name was one. not Daffy originally. We just kept starting calling him Daffy because he kept annoying crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bastards. <laughs> it's stuck, though. That's how it works, I think. doesn't yeah. matter what cool name you come up with. Everyone else decides what your name's going to be half the time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Austin? Sure. Next one we got on here is defensive warding. You can expend an inspiration point to rally your allies' defenses. Hey, a non-selfish use of inspiration. (laughs) When a creature that you can see makes an attack roll or an ability check, you can impose disadvantage on that roll. You must use this after the roll, but before you know the outcome. Uh, It's kind of like the luck feat, except for your friends. Yeah, I think uh, I think this was inspired by cutting words, actually, because it sounds very similar. Or the, uh, um, if not the same, what is it like a shield protection or- fighting style? I think is similar. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Except it's not five feet. It's hey, stop that! <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> it's just throw a bread roll at his face or something. He's I'm picturing like, oh, the heckler the- from uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> you suck, you jackass! <laughs> what, what do you think, Craig? Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's fun. And like, especially when you're playing a tank 
you know, to have this kind of uh, uh, ability at your disposal, it makes it a lot, uh, a lot more interesting. Although, if I was going to play that out, I would not want to be, you know, non-magic user and use that. Like, that should be exclusively for magic users. You think so? Something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, something like that. Definitely. It, you, I would see this as coming from a distance. Yeah, I would agree. So, you know, if I was a fighter, I would, wouldn't be like... <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, but I could also just I, I as easily have... like pick up a rock and I squared him in the head in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bunk. What I, and it's funny he he mentions that because what I was envisioning is that if you were playing a martial class, this would be more like a, a quick tactical command. Um, I could hey, see that. look out! He's coming in a horizontal slash or some BS like that. Just, or uh, hey, he's hitting you're... overhead. <laughs> Duck. <laughs> yeah, see, duck what gets me is the warding. Yeah, you know, oh, because of the name warding, I and gotcha. I'm like, oh, magical gotcha. warding, you know. But yeah, yeah if you're gonna even, do it I as didn't a think about that, hey, okay. knock it off or like something like that. Like, <laughs> eyes up, <laughs> stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming you on your socks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian. Oh, that's good. Oh god. Uh, the the fact you can use this to help others is awesome. What I'm saying, I think, is nice because. Let's face it, inspiration's a, a very selfish game mechanic as is. <laughs> well, did you know some people give inspiration to other people? Um, I don't know that the rules naturally include huh. that, but I think when I was reading, that was a lot of things people were doing is I might earn the inspiration, but I'm going to give it to that person, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, another thing that I saw is that players pass out inspiration, not the dungeon master. So when I think, you know, Ian did a good job, I think Austin did a good job, <laughs> I'll say I want to give him an inspiration, and each player got one a night, and I just thought that was really cool. Interesting. Um, I pat them on the back. <laughs> <laughs> good job. <laughs> that was really good. You're MVP today. Damn, that was um, awesome. High five. You have inspiration now. <laughs> <laughs> see that was one of those things that would purely just be i think a meta thing because i couldn't i couldn't imagine how that would function like in the the world i mean i guess you go back to the hey good job yeah <laughs> but uh interesting nothing wrong in meta um the next one we have is called death's busy uh, you can expend an inspiration point to automatically stabilize when making a death saving throw i thought this was awesome because there's always the risk of death, but if you roll and you're starting to get to that really close, like, no, I'm done, inspiration, <laughs> I'm, I'm stabilized. <laughs> um, this was simple and straight to the point, but I think enough characters die in 5e that this could be something that could be great, especially if the cleric is down or you are the cleric and you're down or you have no cleric or anybody that can stabilize you. Because let's be honest, how often does anybody that's not got a, a special power run and use their action to stabilize somebody? A lot. Yeah, I didn't think so. I was say, no. I've never stabilized, but I mean, I always <laughs> give them one hit point somehow. I have ways yeah. around it, I guess. Uh, Craig, what do you think about this? This is the equivalent of a player saying no. (laughs) (laughs) No, you. (laughs) I live today. (laughs) Hey, yeah, you're down. How about not? (laughs) No, you're down. (laughs) You're bleeding out. No, I'm not. I rolled over a pile of shit and it patched it up. This is the Dungeons and Dragons that was easy button. (laughs) Yeah, that was easy. I hadn't really, I hadn't really considered that. That's so funny. <laughs> you could even toss in an extra point that if they roll a twenty, 
Oh uh, no, you're not even rolling. You're expending a no, yeah, inspiration. You inspiration. could say, you could say that I just you know you could add it to like they gain one hit point if you really really wanted to. But already it seems strong. Just saying, f you. <laughs> you looked at death in the eye and said, "I'm gonna go the other way," and the death is just like I'm on break. I what? <laughs> uh, Ian, uh, I like this just because. Stabilizing a character is really nice, and it takes the pressure off of the rest of the party <laughs> to keep you going. Does it, yeah, I get that. Um, is there any changes you guys would make to this? Or do you think it's pretty good as is? Pretty straightforward. I, I think it's solid. It could be fun if you gave it, you know, like, oh, you're back up with one HP. You get to fight one more round until that goblin over there snipes you real quick. But you got one more round before that happens. I can see that. But I that mean, would be, I think that you could do that. Too. Yeah, that was actually one of the things that I had found was giving people just one hit point. Yeah. Um, but I, I also uh, think like, I mean, stabilizing is good, too. <laughs> you know, like uh, you're still not dying. You just it, yeah. You don't want to make this like overpowered because already right. that's pretty strong. But like, I would love to see something like Kylo Ren Force Awakens where he's pounding his chest to get mm-hmm. more fury. Yeah, like <laughs> something like that. Can't take me down. Like, but there has to be a cost to that. So it would be like, yeah, right. you're stabilized with one HP for one turn, but like now you have uh, minus two chances to you know to save like you've got one saving throw but like with one turn like because you're a gambler on another level (laughs) i love that you're just a hero (laughs) on a different world man (laughs) this guy's going he's like how is he still standing he's like i have no idea i saw this man just take a giant beam to the face he's still standing (laughs) and then he's just like he's like i got him boss and he just hits him once and then he just falls over (laughs) Like, instead of calling this Death's Busy, you call it Headless Chicken. (laughs) 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 Just let him run around. He's got one more turn. (laughs) Headless Chicken, that's that's awesome. uh, That's, like, very similar to the, uh, what is it, the the Samurai feature? (laughs) Where he gets, like, one last go right before he goes down. He's like, you thought you could kill me. And then he just immediately takes his turn, and then he goes down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah just like that <laughs> I just love the fact that no matter what happens his turn after it ends he's right back to the floor <laughs> oh that's good I love it that's good stuff that's um, Craig would you like to tell us about our next one our ninth yes one? the next one I know a guy you can expend an inspiration point when you need a piece of information on an item monster location or person You know a guy or girl who will have further details regarding how to acquire the information you seek. Um, This one could be hilariously fun. This is is a role-playing one. This is 100% a role-playing one. Uh, It works especially well if you're playing like like a mobster character, you know, like (laughs) old-school Chicago mafia, you know... That's that's my my guy uh, uh, Tony Two Toes in one of the games I play, <laughs> yes. who's a gnome. <laughs> oh my god! This is perfect. Awesome. This is perfect. Yeah, Two Toes because he mailed some guy uh, uh, his fiance's Two Toes. It was like some really 
terrible backstory that he made up <laughs> one day. Great. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. Like, really? But I know one guy. You know, it's perfect. It's perfect. That's really good. <laughs> I like this one because it's very similar to the feature you get from the criminal background, and I love that feature. I remember using that in one of our one shots we did, where we had to get get into a party. We couldn't bring any weapons. I'm like, wait, I know a guy, <laughs> and I happen to, to know a guy who was a tailor who could who I who crafted us clothing for a nobility, but with a crap ton of concealed pockets, not the entire thing for us to hide weapons. <laughs> <laughs> that is some Mistborn level shit right there, man. Awesome. <laughs> Hide a glass dagger in my cloak. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I really like this. We played. Uh, we were with. Uh, inter- we went to an con- anime convention, and uh, Gabe from Interparty Conflict was there, and he played a terrible RPG, which is called a terrible because you write down your powers and you tear them off, and then once you, you're gone, you, you, you're out. And one of the ones I got was, I know I got, <laughs> and so I think we got to the, the end and it turned out that, uh, we, we needed to get somewhere and it was, I need a guy in a van just showed up out of nowhere. <laughs> it was awesome. So this totally reminded me of that. It was kind of a mix of the, as uh, Ian said, the criminal background and the sage background. It's kind of a mesh with both of them yeah. since there's yeah. no limitation on, on, on the two like they are. But um, right. I really love this as a role play thing. At the very least, this will probably be in my games moving forward because this is probably hands down my favorite one uh, that I had found. Anything that um, just yeah. enhances the ability to have good role play, I'm always all for. Because I know for a lot of people, like, it's hard to, like, role play like they they either just don't feel comfortable with yeah. their character because their character is not them so like acting out their character can be really hard for instance mm-hmm. i didn't want to be a dick to everything but man sometimes i just had to be and i felt bad <laughs> but uh yeah oh, those are those are fun though oh i mean i, I kicked a goblin through a portal because i was like hey <laughs> tell me what's behind there or you die. He's like, I don't know what's behind this. I was like, well, I guess I'll find out. And so I kicked him through. And then he came back as a pool of blood. And I was like, so we're not going through that portal going this way. <laughs> because they were like, how do we find out if we want to go through there? I was like, give me one second. I will figure it out. <laughs> modern problems require modern solutions. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, oh, we got we got some good talk out of that one. I re- that, was, that one's a really exciting one. But That's like not that our last... Our last one. Ian took away one of my options to fit this bad boy. So I hope it's as awesome as he thinks it is. Why don't you why don't you tell us what you got here, Ian? Okay. I to be fair, I did pull this one from other RPGs that have similar mechanics. And this one is called That's Okay. But wait, we planned for this. You edit the scene by mentioning a way how your character off screen, plan ahead and set things up for this exact situation. Yes. <laughs> and one of the examples um, I thought, going off of the part we, we mentioned earlier, is let's say you had to go to a location, but you couldn't bring in, in any weapons, which limits your offensive ability. And then as you go into the hallway, you're like, but wait, I planned for this because last night I was in the bar and I saw this guy complaining about, about the master of this house, this manor. And I started chatting with him, turned out he was a janitor who's treated like crap. So I said, hey, if you want me to get back to your boss, I sent him a, f- a few gold, and I said, just put this package in the, in the pot in the, in the hallway. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> and, then you, and then you snap back to the to, to the present, you just said pot, and you pull a, a wand of fireballs that you always kept on you. 
I love it. That's great. Uh, Craig, what do you think? I, this is a campy one, and I, I, I just think back to, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, how did this happen? We're smarter than this. <laughs> 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 Apparently not. <laughs> I love it. That's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I think this would definitely be abused if given to the wrong party. Or the right party. <laughs> or the right party. I think yeah, right. this, that's a good one. I think this definitely need, like has to have some form of limitation to it. Uh, because obviously... Like an inspiration point? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> plot points exist. And they can do yes. something extremely similar to this. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess your DM could just be like, yeah, it's like a plot point. Here you go. Fucking run with it. Uh, it's, what what shit are you going to come up with? And he's like, yeah, a dragon comes through the fucking ceiling and, and this this noble party that we were doing and it torches the whole thing. It's like, all right, I guess that's what happened, guys. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, when he when he suggested this, I was like, oh, I really like this because it's very similar to the plot point. I do feel like it's not quite as powerful the plot point because yeah. the plot point in the DMG basically makes you the DM for that scene, mm-hmm. um, and anything you say kind of goes. This, I feel like, if we added a few more words to it, could put it a you could easily add within reason or something yeah. like that. I mean, like, it already like says... Ian's example is really good of that, right? Like it already says like it has to be specifically your character. And it's you have to be able to set this thing up. So there already yeah. is this sort of like reasonable kind of uh, aspect attached to it. So I mean, it's not yeah. like what I just said, which is a dragon coming through the ceiling of a party and torching the whole thing. Like yeah, last night I went and climbed a mountain and yeah, I that, met a dragon and I bribed him to come break down the door when we get locked inside the building. Yeah. It's um, like, uh, so I, I, I do. While I do think that um, there, if. If it, if it is allowed to be as powerful as a plot point, it definitely, I can see it being abused for the better or for worse. <laughs> but worse. as it is now, I think the intent is something within reason. Yeah. Just adding something like that, I think, uh, can make it a very powerful tool. You get locked in a prison cell. Well, actually, the other day, um, I was concerned, yesterday I was really concerned about this, so I shoved a key up my, <clears throat> uh, the backside. <laughs> Um, just in case such a situation happened, because I knew the risks. Well, you knew you were going to be breaking into a noble's house and the possibility of getting caught, so you know what? That is reasonable. How are you going to get it out? <laughs> Where's the chamber pot? So, yeah. and, um, and I think it helps uh, players think, if you will, and be creative. So, Yeah. That was one of the reasons why I really liked it, because if you can come up with an elaborate scheme off-screen that, that happened... Let's hear it. That adds to the story and role play. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's our last one. Yeah. Yeah. That was all 10. So I have to ask, um, first of all, what did you guys think of these? Do you think these are good alternative ways to use inspiration? Absolutely. I do oh, think yeah. they add a decent list of options to your game. And that's a plus in my book. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the real question is, Craig, is there something you think that should be in here that's not? Okay, I, I, I'm super glad you threw this question at me because all right. So at the beginning of our of the show, I was talking about how I used an element. Uh, you know, we had a, a small person pulls a steel beam, a, a, a mm-hmm. bench, right? That element is from the Star Wars RPG. Now, I, I, the mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight game Star Wars RPG. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. The uh, uh, the <laughs> It's on my Light shelf. side and dark side destiny point. Yep. 
They have it's, it's it's so destiny points and then inspiration, uh, very similar mechanics. But whereas on the Star Wars, it's at the beginning of every session, everybody rolls a dice, and you'll either roll a light side point or a dark side point, and then all of the players get to collectively spend the light side points for immediate nat twenties. That's the equivalent. Ooh, that's but then, cool. is if you spend your light side point for your nat twenty. It flips over and becomes a dark side point, and the DM can now use a dark side point. It's very cool. And that sounds it's just, awesome. It's like this, and and you know, there's only as many as the amount of players at the table. But if everybody rolls dark side points, it's going to be a long game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... But if if they roll light side points, everyone's going to have so much fun because they're going to be able to do. Uh, crazy, maybe not even crazy and wacky things, just fun things like, oh man, we need to get through this uh, tense situation, and then they do because the force was on their side. It's fun stuff like that, I love. I love that. That's very cool. That is, I'm gonna have to check that out. It, it's funny you oh, mentioned yeah. Star Wars so much, because cool. uh, our, our next week episode is a uh, fan-made 5th edition 5e uh, Star Wars thing, so. I have uh, seen many of those. I have not read any of them, though. Yeah. But I've seen that there's there's a few. Yeah, this is the only one that I thought was good enough worth covering. <laughs> so <laughs> so take really that feel. how you will. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this one was good, but there is... Uh, let's just say it's just like anything in the world. There's a whole lot of crap, but there is some good. You just got to filter through yeah. it. Um, but I think these guys did really good work. Um, awesome. I would like to give an honorable mention. Um, using an inspiration point to change the element of a spell. Um, this was one I saw that I really, really liked. Um, and for whatever reason, I ended up getting, getting chopped out of the block, but using an inspiration point to change a fireball to a snowball just sounds awesome. Or a thunderball. <laughs> let's be honest. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> thunderball. I like that one. That I thought you scary. said vulnerable. That's the first thing that came to mind. Um, cause it allows the characters to do a couple different things. First of all, um, they can t- use it to target weaknesses and gain some advantages. Mm-hmm. Um, and more importantly, it can allow them to reimagine spells that they've used a hundred times in new ways. Right. So, and it might make some uh, 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 archetypes a little bit more viable too, especially some that have ties to specific elements, like the uh, Storm Sorcerer, for example, right. who get bonuses oh, nice. for using yeah, lightning-based spells, but there's almost no lightning spells in the game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Makes me wonder. That, that, that that's would, sad. I could see that being a, a cool way to use uh, inspiration, just for the idea that, like, a paladin smite. I mean, it is radiant damage. Now it's it's necrotic. It's necrotic damage. Necrotic damage. I am evil paladin. Necrotic smite. <laughs> yeah. Um. Probably why so it's not. yeah, I <laughs> I think that'll do it for our main topic today. Um. I really enjoyed this list. Hopefully, you guys will too. Um, before we move on to our honor tips and tricks, um, I'd like to take a moment to say that we have uh, three brand new products out. Um, we have just released our Werecat Playable Race, which is flying off the shelves. Oh my god. It is. I didn't expect that to be the one that everyone loved, but apparently it's just been going crazy. So thank you to everyone that's picked up our Werecat Playable Race. There's the Cleric Warmind, if you like a little psionic energy with your Cleric Divine Flavor. And then of course... My fighter, Skybreaker. Who doesn't like touching somebody and making them fall the wrong direction? That's just fun. Uh, (laughs) Hey, how you doing, (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of fun there. It does get access to flight and stuff like that. If you're into checking that out, you can head over to CritAcademy.com 
and yeah. pick those up uh, less than fun. a cup of coffee. So, oh, yeah, it, it's fun. <laughs> I haven't seen this PDF. Why haven't I? <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, hopefully you'll check those out. You can head over to CurtisCamby.com and find them uh, and enjoy those. And now what you've all been waiting for, our Unearth Tips and Tricks segment where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. So uh, to start off, we always start with our character concept. As always, we always ask our guests to bring us something flavorful, something awesome, exciting. And if you were listening to me earlier, I was bragging about how much I think uh, Craig does a phenomenal job with character uh, concepts. So please don't let me down. (laughs) <laughs> what do you what do you got for us yeah, this is the generic fighter one <laughs> yes my favorite <laughs> no i have this one's a fun one i've been kind of playing with this one uh, uh and i think i just figured out how it would work uh, uh strategically okay so this okay. one's called duel of the minds okay and the concept here is that it's a two-player character it's okay. one character played by two people, which has been seen in a lot of video games that there's this concept mm-hmm. of two people in one. Mm-hmm. And so the way that this would work is you would multi-class a blood hunter, witch hunter, and the spirit nice. of a wizard in one character. So it's two different characters in one person. And they're both going to be conflicting because one of them is, of course, a wizard and the other one's, of course, the witch hunter. Um and it's really a matter of playing it out to see how they eventually have to work together. I love that. And nice. you'll be able to find this character sheet. I will be posting it on Nightsboard tonight after this call. So you'll you'll be able to get it there. Uh, GameMasterCraig.com. You can get this uh, character sheet and story, too. Uh, I'll make sure to grab that and then add it to the show notes. Um, I really like this. So we actually covered... Uh, uh, what was the... Shoot. What was the name of that... We covered a program, uh, a product that, that had a guy, right? two-headed, yeah, Shogun, a two-headed right? O- ogre. Yeah, that, yeah ogre. Warcraft. The Etten uh, Package. The Etten Package was the name. Yeah, it's yes. uh, like Chogol, right? Oh, uh, yeah, and yeah, it's like Chogol. It basically has rules, and they were really, really well thought out and built for people playing each half of this creature. It was like, one impressive. has access to the left hand, and, like, the smart brain. The other one had the right <laughs> hand that was stronger, but had the dumb brain and um, it a really good rules. So it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, <laughs> I like that you put two things that are head to head. I don't yeah. know. That, I mean, that must have been intention. That sounds like it was intentional because um, it can lead them to wanting to go down two different paths in solving a problem. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that the witch hunter aspect would probably constantly be threatening, threatening the wizard half with their stupid mumbo jumbo. <laughs> oh yeah, um, writing insults inside their spell book—that <gasps> would be so much fun. Like, like, <laughs> I would like describe my character scribbling out spells and changing the words, and then you get some like random like uh, that. So every time they rolled poorly and missed, it would be because there was chicken scratch over this part in the spell book, <laughs> and he messed up. Oh my gosh, I love this. The more I think about it, um, you see, it's you th- fun stuff like that. It's like I I I I love throwing out little ideas. And then letting mm-hmm. people run with them. And like, you know, I didn't tell you, are they both chaotic evil? Is one good? Is one bad? Because play that out. How, you know, what if the, the witch hunter 
the witch hunter does not have to be good or bad. Like he could be a chaotic good because he mm-hmm. thinks he's doing the right thing. And then to right. be, then to find out like, oh my gosh, like uh, maybe magic users are people too. Like there's a lot of elements you could explore there. <laughs> I like a lot that. of and places. That, and I think the, um, what could be really cool. And I would, if, if I had two players and they wanted to go with this, I feel like this would be a, a good way to uh, in, introduce, is it Gestalt playing? <laughs> Is yeah. that what that is? Yeah. Um, where you can level two classes at the same time within one character. And so I love the idea of the two players at the table arguing about where they should go to get tactical advantage. Like, no, I need to get distance so I can blow him up with fireball. <laughs> no, idiot, let me stab him with my sword. <laughs> so I definitely think that would be fun. And then you could even add it to where they just roll a dice mechanically after they argue to determine who gets to actually choose. Um, so I honestly, it makes me really want to do this now. So... Um, I knew you wouldn't let me down. Duel of the Minds. <laughs> Duel of the Minds. I awesome. also think that this you could also swing this one to be, I think, for kids. I think this would be really mm-hmm. fun with kids uh, and people that are new to the game. Because if you're a DM and you're running it, that it's it's everybody's kind of new. This is uh-huh. going to be the best way to focus on role play first. We're, you know, this isn't one we're really focusing on big time mechanics. This is right. a role play one. So sure. to get that chance to play that out is going to be it's this is a story one. Yeah, absolutely. And I you actually make some really good points there because it would foster that that conversation at the table more so than a traditional game might because you're both going to undoubtedly argue over which way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wonderful. That'll do it for our character concept, Duel of the Minds, from Game Master Craig. Thank you so much for that. It was really good. You got it. Uh, today we're going to talk about our monster variant, the Humpback Breaker. Um, these unique large humanoid sea dwellers are akin to massive humpback whales from which they are named, which their name originates. These brutish creatures don't often use weapons. Instead, settling issues with their fists and tossing the nearest object at their enemy. Um, so I got a really nice art piece for this and I can't wait to put it together for my patrons, but um, it had me cracking up. And so I'm like, I'm, I got to write something about this. So um, what you're going to do is you're going to start with the white dragon stat block. You're going to remove its flight, its blind sight, its ice walk, its bite, its claw, its cold breath. That's a lot to get rid of, but don't worry. I promise we're going to give some cool shit in place of it. So we're going to give it a new feature called Amphibious, which lets it breathe air or water. Even though I know technically whales don't do that, it's a fantasy game. Just go with it, okay? <laughs> we're going to give it Slam, which is going to be its melee brute force uh, ability. It's going to have a plus 7 to hit. It's going to do 2d6 plus 4 damage. What's going to separate it from the, 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 the white dragon, however, is that fact that the target must succeed a DC 15 strength saving throw or be pushed back or knock prone, push back 10 feet or knock prone, obviously the attacker's choice. That really gets the feeling of the brute, you know, pushing and then sending your character flying, which I think is really fun, especially if you're fighting them on the coast where there's lots of rocky terrain, mm-hmm. drop them off an edge of a cliff or something, maybe. Um, and then of course the other feature I wanted to give it, uh, another feature I want to give it is improvised missile. I envision something that's big and brutish, kind of like the Hulk, just picking up whatever it can find and throwing. So instead of giving it the rock power, I gave it improvised missile, which basically lets him pick up any object that he can lift and just chuck it at somebody with a plus seven to hit 60 to 120 feet. Great stuff. 4d10 plus six damage. You do not get multi-attack on this like you do with the slam. So it is a little more, uh, it is a little bit stronger. Once again, you get the DC 15 
strength saving throw or be pushed 10 feet or knocked prone. So now you got two abilities. It's all about knocking and pushing as a DM. Totally going to make sure you're fighting him on a cliff some side somewhere so that he can knock your ass off the side. You better have Featherfall. And then, of course, I couldn't add a water character without thinking of Pokemon. So now we have Hydro Blast, which is recharges on a five or six. And uh, it's a 30-foot cone. Each creature in the range must succeed a DC 15 con saving throw or take 10d8 bludgeoning damage on a failed save. Have as much on a successful one. Love this guy. I totally need more water creatures in my diet. So uh, I thought that this would be a really, really fun one. Craig, what do you think? Oh, this is so much fun. You know, to (laughs) to do, like, anything that adds oceanic creatures to your game is going to be a lot more fun, you know? Because yeah. uh, I feel like, especially with the base book, it's yeah. like, you know, you got the uh, uh, the equivalent of Murlocs, and then it just jumps straight to Kraken. <laughs> yeah, it goes like something small, something that, like, you know, is not much of a threat, and then the next thing is Kraken Leviathan. I'm like, uh, well, there's no... In between. Oh, in between there. <laughs> what happened it's to evolution? All or nothing in the water. <laughs> <laughs> like you skipped the evolution there. <laughs> yeah. Um, that makes me think of when we did the uh, Kanto Pokedex about how we poked fun at the fact that you have the Magikarp, which is like a challenge rating one eighth creature, what? and then a bone to a Gyarados, which became CR twenty. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> really like from from exactly. zero to sixty. <laughs> um. So what what kind of features do you think could be added to combat to really get the most out of this? I mean, obviously, the first thing that came to mind to me was, like, high cliffs or something. Um, what do you guys think would really... How would you get the most out of this character's pushback and knocking prone powers? Buildings. I want buildings around this thing. I want to throw people in the walls. And I want to make them take, like, pseudo-fall damage as they hit the wall or something. I want destruction. Okay. I want mayhem. <laughs> I wanted to give him siege uh, monster feature. I would hate to grapple this thing underwater. Just saying. Probably would. Oh work. yeah, you're bone. Yeah. You ain't going nowhere. He's gonna drown your ass. <laughs> Did we put a swim speed in here, or is that with the amphibious? Um, I no. I actually think I didn't add it here. I wonder the 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 dragon might already have it. If not, give him a swim speed. <laughs> I would recommend double its oh, movement Oh, yep, speed. the dragon has a 40-foot uh, uh, swim speed, so we're good. We're good. Yep, so I didn't have to add it. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of some of the stuff that I would do. I really like this concept. Can't wait to finish writing out the lore and stuff for my patrons. So. Oh my gosh, it burrows. Uh, that'll do it for our... <laughs> I didn't get rid of Burrow because I wanted it to burrow tunnels underneath the water. <laughs> I'm going to drown a hero tonight. <laughs> that'll, that'll do it for our monster variant, the Humpback Breaker. Um, Pretty fun. Austin, would you like to tell us about our encounter concept? Oh, my God. I love this. Absolutely. I stop laughing while I was trying to do a TikTok about it. So we have an encounter. It's called the Corals with Squirrels. <laughs> the support beams in a local merchant's shop being gnawed on by squirrels. It happens almost every year. <clears throat> the proprietor and merchant Egon Rain, some commoner, has put out a call <laughs> for someone to deal with the furry pests before his entire shop collapses in on itself. Egon doesn't offer a traditional reward. Instead, he offers a permanent shop discount of 10% off his wares. Now, if the character has a guild artisan background, perhaps it's doubled to 20%. Because, yay, better stuff. A character who succeeds on a DC-13 intelligence nature check or is proficient in woodcarver or carpenter tools identifies the beams as being made of cedar, 
A favorite of Silver Squirrels, use the Swarm of Poisonous Stakes stat block, a pack creature. This encounter can be solved, thankfully, in a few methods. Uh, the characters can simply slay the beasts and be done with them, uh, if you're maybe in inclined Monster. to do so. Uh, or, if they use the spell Speak with Animals or Similar Magic, they can learn that the squirrels are preparing for a female to give birth. The cedar is the best wood to build their shelter out of. With a successful DC 14 Intelligence Nature or Wisdom Survival check, the characters are able to locate a collection of cedar trees a few days travel away uh, should they decide to help the little critters. They may also choose to give to help the squirrels relocate their nest to the location of the new cedar trees, giving them all that they need. And then you still get the reward to... from the shopkeeper because he's realizing that they're not there anymore. Right. What do you think, Craig? I see a big smile on are your you, face. Are you guys familiar with the South Park Woodland Critters? I am not, but I'm, I would love to hear about it. Oh my gosh, this pretty much describes it. But they're, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the female about to give birth was, of course, because South Park, it was the Antichrist. So, <laughs> so you're reading this and I think, well, this is awfully familiar. It doesn't end well for the adventurers. <laughs> I had no idea. That is some this... twist you could have in there. Right. <laughs> Wow! No, That's this was uh, this was a Final Fantasy fourteen quest at one point. I think that I never forgot. I remember going and trying to <laughs> save, uh, kill squirrels. I'm like, why am I killing squirrels? <laughs> so, so I rewrote it so that you didn't have to kill the fuzzy little critters. Oh god! Um, but. Uh, I like this for a couple different reasons. First of all, permanent discounts on wares is good. The fact that it feeds off the couple different background and artisan tools um, that can finally kind of get some sort of engagement in the game is always nice. Um, the other thing is not everything has to be about stabbing stuff. Um, then you'll you, you, this gives you alternative options to that. We either ro lo relocate them or bring them what they need. And you really will learn a lot about your players depending on what type of action they take on these poor little squirrels. And if not, they're going to get the hell of a uh, uh, surprise when they find out those things bite and are rabid with poison <laughs> attacks, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's a CR, uh, CR2 for that swarm. So um, I plan this around level two or so, but uh, um, overall it's a lot of fun. Um, now I have to, I'm immediately going to Google the whole South Park thing. It's because disturbing. that has me cracking up. It's disturbing. Uh, <laughs> Aside from that, what is uh, what is everyone? Is this an adventure you think it would be a lot of fun, uh, or is there changes you would make? How would you kind of get the most out of it? Would you enhance it? This is a great one to get a gauge on how chaotic your players are. Easy, yeah. very. That's very a really, much. it's a really nice way to say eight holes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but it's creating situations like this, especially when you have those like murdered hobos who are just going to kill everything. Because you, you you know those types of people who would take out the squirrels and the shopkeeper and raid the whole town. You know, it just oh, yeah. chaotic all around. But like something like this, I foresee the druid. Is, if there's a druid on the team, is going to want to have an army of squirrels permanently as <laughs> attached to their character. That's what's going to happen here. <laughs> They're going to befriend him and help give birth and all yeah. that stuff. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to call him Timmy Two Toes. He's missing some toes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I see an army of, of pet friendly squirrels. My brain went the opposite direction of like, uh, I could easily picture something like a bitch is going, always got to deal with some cute little squirrels. Oh, I'm not too worried about that. This will be easy. Each squirrel is going to be like the rabbit from Monty Python, the Holy Grail. 
<laughs> Personality wise. That would be awesome. They're all murderous. Oh yeah. Little murderous terrors. That would be fun. Yes. Um, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for our encounter. Quarrels with squirrels. Don't, they don't fuck around. That's <laughs> fun. Not. That's CR2. They will get rid of the, the normal person. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Ian, would you like to tell us about our magic item today? Today, our magic item is the smoldering chain shirt of etherealness created by our magic item generator. Courtesy of Pre Academy. Oh, look, that's us. That's me. <laughs> it is a chain shirt, and it is a legendary item that requires attunement. While wearing this equipment, whiffs of harmless odorless smoke rises from you. That just creates a pretty epic mental image on the right character, not gonna lie. Additionally, while you're wearing this equipment, you can speak its command word as an action to gain the effect of the etherealness spell which lasts for 10 minutes or until you remove the equipment or use an action to speak the command word again. And this resets next dawn. The ability, that is. Can I just say, when I rolled this, because, you know, the generator, it's random, right? And so I've yeah. got everything broken down from common level to to a couple legendaries. There's only, like, ten legendary powers, and this came up with a zero level one, which is common, and a legendary one. I was like, that's dope! <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's just simple. The, the Wisp of Harmless Smoke is just one of the, like, common magic item features. And yeah. I was like, oh, it turned out pretty cool. I feel like that really fit the eth uh, etherealness uh, kind of feel. Mm -hmm. um, what do you guys think about this? And for those of you who don't know, the etherealness spell allows you to teleport onto the ethereal plane, which allows you to see what's going on in the real world, but be away from it. They can interact with you. You can't interact with them, but you can walk through objects that aren't in the ethereal plane, so... <laughs> yeah, it's... it's it's pretty potent, which is why it's legendary, because that's a 7th level spell, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. Yep. So. I'm just, like, picturing a uh, group of, like, uh, mobsters doing their, their their plan, and they're hitting location, only for a paladin to pop out of nowhere. Surprise, mother! <laughs> 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 Let the smiting begin! Oh, what do you think, uh, Craig? Uh, this is going to be good with, with your, uh, probably your person who's sneaky. Yes. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure that they're going to use it for nefarious means. <laughs> I most certainly would use this for nefarious means. Yeah. You, <laughs> you say the sneaky person, but there's smoke billowing from this thing. They're stealthing <laughs> around and just smoke is just filling the room. I didn't say they were good at what they do. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that the only way the guy, he's been trying to become a rogue forever and he's always failed miserably. And the only, the only time he can be successful is to get this uh, powerful magic armor. <laughs> um, uh, Austin, did you have any comments on this? Etherealness is so good. <laughs> so it it's is. just like, oh man, I could just be like, hey, I'm, there's a giant laser beam coming my way. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That is like so you would think of the most selfish way to save yourself f everyone else, right? Like, oh hey, there's a nuke going off. Well, you guys are screwed. Hey, I don't know how you guys are gonna get out of it, but I know how I'm gonna get out of it. <laughs> I'm gonna go take a nap. A snap. I'm gonna just take a ten minute rest here, real quick, in the in the other plane of existence. That's how um, you get your short rests in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now thinking of like the big bad evil guy casting disintegrate, and you react. <laughs> To 
by using this armor to teleport away at the last second, so everybody thinks you're dead. It's like, oh my god, he really did it. He's dead. And he's like, ten minutes later, like, oh man, where'd everybody go? That's how my wizard can get out of debt. Just everyone thinks he's dead. Kept <laughs> <laughs> fireballing oh. yourself. <laughs> right? Oops, boom! Oh, that's terrible. He's, there's nothing left. No ash or nothing. Um, So this comes from our magic item generator where we take affixes and suffixes. You roll on uh, a D100 table and you get a multitude of different uh, items. Uh, I have it broken down between common, rare, uncommon, all that stuff. So there will literally be thousands of possible combinations. So uh, that'll be going to an editor uh, soon, early this week. So hopefully I'll have a launch date for that. Hopefully this is something you guys will be interested in. Um, I know I sure as hell had a lot of fun writing it. So, All right, uh, that'll do it for our magic item, the Smoldering Chain Shirt of Etherealness. I love the names, too. That's the best part about the affixes. It just <laughs> makes dope-ass names just by rolling mm -hmm. on it. So, all right, that'll do it for our magic item. Uh, Craig, would you like to tell about our Dungeon Master tip today? Dungeon Master tip. Uh, make new features a character roleplay moment. When a player character acquires a new significant feature, make note of that feature. Then try to include a bit of character development and flavor when they use it for the first time. For example, when a sorcerer picks up her twin's metamagic feature, this is a significant change to the character. Take a moment to narratively describe the look of surprise on the characters and enemies' faces. A brief smirk appears on the sorcerer's face as she has been practicing off-screen for this very moment. Not only does this add to the combat narrative, but also allows you to shine the light on the player's character choices. Uh, this one's a lot of fun. And and I, I would go uh, as far as, like, even when you multi-class or, you know, when, mm -hmm. when there's big... Big, big character-defining moments. You know, allow this to happen. I, you know, too often I've seen where it's just, you know, in between sessions, you know, uh, 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 seven and eight. You know, player will come in and say, "Oh, here's my new character sheet. I multi-classed in the level up," and I'm like, "No, you didn't. Uh, we're gonna play that out as part of the story. So hold this character off to the side for a second because we have to make some changes." Uh, yeah. And in one case, I did this. And we did role play out a, a multi-class where, where uh, the, the, the character was a warlock and ended up multi-classing into a cleric. And little did she know, she had just become a cleric under the BBEG. <laughs> and oh, it was cool. It was great. It was great. That yeah, awesome. That is cool. I love that. It, but you have the opportunity here to do stuff like that. And I wish more DMs would recognize that. Yeah, I, I agree. This is something that I think is... Uh, even I'm even I'm guilty of this. Uh, not shining a light on some of these 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 big moments. These these big things. It's simple. Even something as simple as the fighter getting extra attack, describing that he takes on an unusual stance you haven't seen, blade drawn back, and unleashes a flurry of uh, strikes unlike anything he has ever done before. Something as simple as that takes it to the next level and and makes it um, flow narratively and. It shows the progress of the character and their 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 not just their their personality traits, but of the work that they're doing to gain strength over time. Mm -hmm. um, what do but you guys think? The last time I recall doing something like this was with uh, our Everness campaign with my steampunk cowboy, aka Artificer Merle Bronson. <laughs> 
when we leveled up, we got a new features, we got new spells, and obviously we don't necessarily communicate what we, new features we get, because players don't always do that, because you just don't think about it, or spells. And we get, get into a fight, and I, I remember saying, right after we leveled up, Alright, a bullet may have your name on it, but a fireball is addressed to whom it may concern. <laughs> and that's... And that was the and first time I cast fireball. fireball with that character. <laughs> I do, I do remember that, and that was that was good on you because that's not something that I would have narrated specially beyond. And I'll be honest, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide the fact that when I write, when I come, when I got these notes and stuff, I'm learning this stuff for the first time. Sometimes too, like yeah. <laughs> these are that, that's what actually started all this. Is what can I do better? And turns mm-hmm. out people have already thought of better ways to do stuff. So I just kind of fit that right into the show. We all get better together. We do. <laughs> so I am personally going to try to do better with this moving forward. Um, but that's also a I, lot of extra work I got to do. And anybody that listens to the show knows I'm also lazy as hell. So we'll see how that goes. Feel that. Do as I say, not as I do, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I uh, awesome. also recall uh, for character role play moments when I was playing, uh, when you were a player, when we were, when Brandon was DMing in. Uh, I was a player. Yeah. It doesn't time. so rare. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> when we were doing the Dragonized, and uh, we both we both got ability score improvements. So what did we do? We worked out together in the soup kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the guys came in and they just see us just like fucking like yeah, arm, milk. yeah just getting like soup pots and they're just fucking full and we're just like arm barring them and stuff <laughs> and everyone's coming in they're like what's happening and we're like we're both just shirtless glistening with sweat super toned <laughs> we're just like what do yeah. you want <laughs> I had a long ways to go I wish I could do things my real ca- like my character could do <laughs> that was, uh, um, it was yeah. fun and we just rolled off that too it was, it was a good time yeah Overall, this is a pretty great tip. Um, if you're paying close enough attention to your, your players, please consider doing this. You don't have to do it every time, but when it's those big defining moments, it's worth just a few extra moments of your time during the game to mm-hmm. to include them. Um, I think uh, Craig really set it up really good and that you need those. Those, those are good character-defining moments. Don't miss out on them, all right? That'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Uh, Make new features a character RP moment. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't Don't be be a a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by mastering your arcane teachings. (laughs) So today we have a half-remembered dream. Sometimes combat isn't necessary to get information the characters need, or maybe they're just trying to warn somebody of an impending assassination, whatever it is. Sometimes it can be hard to, to, to get... You know, to find the people you need or whatever um, and get the information that they seek. Either way, some NPCs can be stubborn and difficult to manipulate with just words. Most bards would probably disagree with that, but it does happen sometimes. Lucky for us, there are ways you can alter their behavior and get them to aid you, even if they don't want to, at least not directly. So if you don't know, the dream spell, super cool, uh, basically allows the characters to communicate in a very unique way. Why the player or NPC or character is taking a nap, right? Whether it's a quick power cat nap or if it's through the night. Um, the best part of this is the distance is irrelevant as long as you're on the same plane, which is huge. Uh, additionally, all you need to know is to know the person. Well, let's be honest. The person has to be known to you, but that's very loosely described in the mechanic. So mm-hmm. is spending five minutes observing the king give a speech enough of known to you? I think so. What about a few minutes watching a, a random merchant on the uh, 
the the corner on the street selling some stuff. Is that enough? They're known to you. So that leaves it open to, for us to uh, manipulate some stuff now, right? And you could take it a step farther with the scry spell. Combining it with the scry spell, you can see people you've never actually seen as long as they're someplace or uh, so, someplace that you've been or somebody around them I think you know or you have some sort of lock of hair or some other yeah. – you can really get a lot of goodness out of this. But what makes it really interesting is you sneak into their dreams, you slowly spread a message. Let's talk about – assassination that's probably the most common one right? right players aren't always so important that they can just walk up to a noble uh king and say hey you're going to be assassinated that's probably not going to end well for them <laughs> let's okay. be honest that's probably um you can attempt to warn and some of them are a little more stubborn but what you could do is you could slip in with the dream spell kind of give them a little a uh, little bit of uh tips they're being chased down a hall a person with a big axe chasing them in the shadow shadowy figure maybe very indistinct um, and maybe a specific noise that goes with that. Maybe it's the sound of grating, an axe grating on a wall, or maybe it's the sound of footsteps running and chasing them. Whatever it is, something that will stand out to that character. If they're not going to listen to you, you can then get near enough to them to use the thermaturgy spell to create the same sound and reinforce that memory, that, that, uh, that, that, that incident or whatever it is that you're trying to communicate so that it's a constant reminder. I can see the DM offer, maybe even offering advantage for a persuasion check or something based on this. Um, you can really use it as a this combination of spells to coerce or instill new ideas to people that might be out of the character's reach normally. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, I know that seems like a lot, but there was a lot of explanation that had to go into that one. Um, so what do you guys kind of think about this idea? I'm getting some Inception vibes here. Yeah. <laughs> some Inception, yes. Inception. Well, that was the other thing I wanted. I wanted to see if somebody came up with it. Uh, what do you think, Craig? I think it adds a whole new layer of you know roleplay mechanics where you, you get the option to play that out however you want you know as you said you can't get too close to the king maybe you can most of the time you can't and this would be a really good way to to play that off especially if the king is not uh, uh open to interpretate into negotiation early on uh, right. th this one's a role play one for me so i love that oh, That's, you can yeah. play that off so many different ways um, the other thing that I thought about and I didn't end up writing here, he mentioned, uh, Ian mentioned Inception. You can just as easily use this to gather information too, right? Um, if the person is afraid of something, you put in a dream that frightens them, right? And you mm -hmm. constantly torture them throughout the weeks with these noises, that reminder. So that moment you go in and you then request certain information or torture them in the dream. I do mention it can get kind of dark uh, depending on the players, but you can pull information from them um, by constantly injecting a level of paranoia. If they start hearing the sounds they're hearing in their dreams, you better answer me or I'll slit your throat, blah, blah, blah. And they hear that, that same kind of, you know, once again, the sharpening of a knife, maybe. Um, Really Freddy Krueger, this one. Yes, yes, <laughs> thank you. That was That's what I was looking for. You can really turn it up. And because it's happening not just in their dreams, but the effects are happening during the game, it really becomes something um, frightening, I think. Uh, that's that's how I envision this this working. And it's all within the bounds of those two spells. And one's just a cantrip. Mm -hmm. So, um, God, that'd be horrible. Given this to an arcane trickster, 
If you can multi-class or take a feature to get this and like masquerade as like one of the people in the room and just constantly have these noises going, oh my god, I'm that's terrifying. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry to any dungeon masters who now have to deal with that. Um, but that's what our player tips are for. For sure, making you suffer so that they can outshine you. There is. They are the center a lot to this <laughs> yeah the it is. spell is very like i'm looking at it it's just three it's paragraphs long. of text and it's just there yeah. we i'm because i'm like is that really you can just kind of do all this because i wanted to, to make sure and it's like yeah you really kind of can there's it is a very loosely written spell with that it that is very reason it's like you can, you can do quite a bit with this <laughs> Freddy Krueger, as Craig said. So most definitely. <laughs> and then they don't even like. And if you do end up doing that, like there, there's added benefits to that too. They don't gain the benefits of that rest, so they're probably mm-hmm. cranky or whatever. And they take three. Their eyes gonna be like damage. this, and they're gonna have all these like bulging eyes right. and stuff, and they're up all night shaking. Oh, yeah, they take three d six psychic damage. So hopefully that doesn't kill them. <laughs> uh, if it's like some commoner I, who just you know wakes up from that, and, well, oops. does it say they have to? Uh, if remember. they wake up from nightmare, so let's see. Yeah, it's a, so if it's you're a assault, safe, if, it's a safe. Let yeah, me, if let you're me scaring the hell out of them, then yes, that definitely. But I think it's only if they ha- wake up from a nightmare. Um, so if you don't give them a nightmare, it doesn't impose. It, it only it says that only if you choose to make the messenger like monstrous and terrifying to the target. So I mean, you do yeah. kind of have some, you do have some, some control play into that. Yeah, if it's you're torturing the... them, that's going to be real damage. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You're you're boned. <laughs> Yeah. So. All right. Oh, the king died in his sleep. Yeah, he kept telling me about these terrors. Somebody was going to assassinate him. <laughs> I was just trying to warn him. <laughs> oh, my God. If it was an accident. Oh, I would. that would be horrible. All right. Yeah. That'll do it for our pl- our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be, a, dick. A, be dick. a dick. I feel like Ian's not even trying anymore. <laughs> like it ever uh, works on streaming. A, a half-remembered dream. Uh, all right, so before we close out today, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of our sponsor, Realm Warp Media. Yep. Our next giveaway, our, our, one of our RPG fat loots, Cities of Myth, Fallen Camelot, by Realm Warp Media. A new 5E setting that takes place in Camelot after Arthur's death. Update for inclusion and introducing new mechanics, like Exploration. Which doesn't really happen yes. with most games. So yeah, let yes. me know that. Dude, dude this, they, they they nailed it. If you're looking for solid exploration rules, this book has it. In fact, I'm I'm glad I got one because I will be implementing those in my adventures going forward. So I was really impressed with that. That this this is the best part about my job is I get to see so many uh, fantastic ideas of things I just don't think of. Um, so thank you very much, Realm Warp Media. Who is our winner today? Our winner today is Gemma One Holiday. Didn't win? Not a problem. Head on over to Critic Academy and have to subscribe for your chance to win and check out our free stuff section so you can get even more fat loots. Nice. Yes, we got we got we have some good free stuff. Actually, the magic 
uh, item generator, the like the very rough draft when I first started, and the f- potion are both free. Um, the potion generator is by far my favorite so far because um, potions should always do more than just give you a few hit points. So mine, they make you stronger temporarily. They give you, you know, warden shields and shit. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, before we close out, first of all, I want to say thank you to Game Master Craig um, for joining us today. Um, we hope you've had fun. I know we have. Well, thank you so much for having me on. You know, this has been a blast. I love this stuff. <laughs> um, before we close out, would you give yourself one more plug? Tell everyone who you are, where they can find you, all that jazz. Yeah, guys, I'm Game Master Craig. Uh, I do Dungeons and Dragons, Comic-Con, Nerd News, and most recently, really bad movies. Uh, you know, on, on TikTok, <laughs> you could find me there. Uh, but you could also find me on Nightsport.com. Uh, which is going to be uh, this big social media operation that is bringing Dungeons and Dragons, Comic Con, and nerd uh, nerd culture uh, to you in one place. You know, connecting you with your favorite creators and connecting creators with all of their fans. So, uh, nightsboard.com or gamemastercraig.com. And if you sign up uh, right now on gamemastercraig.com, you'll get a special bonus for being here from Crit Academy. Oh, that's awesome. Go do that. Because I'm going to do that as soon as I get off of here, actually. Because um, I want to know what cool bonus I get because I'm a loot whore. <laughs> like, in another life, I'm a dragon. <laughs> well, so uh, we have a connection with HappySpacePopCon.com, which is Ooh. one of my uh, very close friend of mine, as well as Fable Comic Con. And they have given us access to run these very exclusive panels with people like uh, Ash Ketchum, Veronica Taylor, uh, uh, the panels, uh, the, the actors from Bleach, the anime Bleach, uh, Aliens, if you're a fan of the Xenomorphs, we have an exclusive panel going up there, uh, Jim Shooter, the former uh, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, we have a lot of Marvel Comics people on here, and uh, yeah, so if you come over from Crate Academy, you get access to all those for free, otherwise they're five bucks a pop. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm signing, I probably should wait till the show's <laughs> over before I sign yeah. up. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> um, yeah, so once again, though, that's all awesome. Thank you so much. That's very generous of you. Um, there, I just linked the show notes and as well as his Game Master Craig and the 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 um, the stream chat thing. Yep. Our show notes also has a link directly to his TikTok, um, so you can follow him there. Definitely check out his stuff. Like I said, I'm a really big fan. It was hard not to geek out and nerd out when uh, he agreed to come on the show. I'm like, ah! <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> I appreciate all right, that. So, <laughs> please join us on our next episode we're going to be discussing star wars 5e as i told you before there's a lot of garbage out there but i was super impressed with this that i decided that we're going to cover it because that's how i roll if you enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us head on over to criticacademy.com follow us on social media leave us a review on itunes even if you don't have itunes you can make a free account and leave a review even if you don't use it after that um every little bit helps because all of the other podcasting platforms pretty much pull from there so do that if you can. It's really yeah. great. Um, I can't say enough. We are almost. Uh, uh, we are almost. I'm super excited. We are almost to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is super exciting considering I gave no dams about that for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. So now I'm pushing more content with our one minute dungeon master tip. So check that out as well. Uh, also, our uh, finally our Kickstarter um, that'll be launching. It is no longer uh, our superhero RPG has a new name. We have settled on. Capes and Crooks. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll have another game this Friday, this upcoming Friday. Um, so yep. come and join us as we play test. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I've been love torturing. I mean, play, running my players through it. Oh my! I've already been knocked unconscious and I've killed somebody. 
We're going great. Yeah, you're. you're I'm on. Yeah, I'm on fire. Yeah, <laughs> literally. That's not going go, going well for you as well. Yes. You're gonna end up. DRT is gonna end up catching your guy, and you're gonna end up being locked in prison for being a douche. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am your host, Justin. I'm Game Master Craig, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>